Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. That's right. It's another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, football edition. A little Christmas Day recap, Mark Gunnels. How was your uh, uh, Christmas Day? Great, man. Um, it's good to see my son open up his gifts, Maverick. He had a great time. Um, spent some time with the family. Had ate good. So yeah, it was a good day, man. So you got you got the the unique uh, double duty on Christmas, right? Because your girl's birthday is also Christmas Day. So yeah. you got the Christmas Day gifts, the birthday gifts, your son's Christmas gifts. It's just got one after another after another. And his birthday is January the eighth, by the way. That's just a, a ton back to forth. Then you got that. Then Valentine's Day, the fourteenth. Yeah. It's just the end of football season. It's not. A, it's not good for you. Yeah, unless it ends with a Vince Lombardi trophy in Kansas City, but that doesn't look very good right now. What? I can't believe I hear you say that. I just knew you were going to come back with the Andy Reid line. Don't worry, we'll get it figured out. We'll get it figured out. It's everything is going to be fine. I mean, yesterday was rock bottom. I mean, I guess we're getting into it right now. No, 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 no. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to the normal. Let's go to this. Uh, okay. Because I want to save that because don't get me wrong. That's where my ugly vibes are. But uh, <laughs> where do you want to start with your uh, with your good vibes? How about Cleveland? You know, okay. you're talking about how Joe Flacco's come off the couch. I'm not believing in that. And I was there with you. But I think you got to admit he's been looking good. I mean, for a guy that just came off the couch, you know, him and Amari Cooper look like the best tandem we've seen in a long time on Sunday against the Houston Texans with over 200 yards for Amari Cooper in that game. It was just nonstop. Just unbelievable. Almost 300 yards. Um, yeah, I mean, you have a top defense already. We knew that. And uh, you got something stable there. And, you know, this is kind of like the year of the backup replacement quarterbacks in the league and the Cleveland with that defense and you got a veteran quarterback then better veteran quarterback that can hold the ship there. I mean, you got to like your chances and they still have an outside chance. It's very unlikely, but they can actually get the one seed. I saw that they're one of the teams that's a potential case. Obviously a lot of things has to happen for that, for that to go down, but still the fact that they even have a chance for that is pretty remarkable for me. Yeah. It looks like Kevin Stefanski probably should win coach of the year. Uh, when you consider all of the losses that they have, all of the player losses that they have overcome, uh, including Dorian Thompson Robinson somehow playing two snaps and now is on injured reserve. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's just like, man, they are <laughs> really bad luck at quarterback. Um, yeah, that was one of the more impressive games I've ever seen out of Amari Cooper. Let me rephrase that. That's one of the more impressive games I've ever seen, period. That Amari Cooper, you know, that he did. Not, not out of Amari Cooper. I'm talking about out of the entire league. For him to, I mean, that was like Randy Moss on Thanksgiving type deal. Except now, now they'll talk about it being Amari Cooper on Christmas. Um, you think Dallas could use him? I think so. I think they would probably rather, you know, imagine Amari Cooper on one side, CeeDee Lamb on the other. But, you know, <laughs> I digress. But uh, uh, there's only one place where you could truly plant your flag for the good vibes this week. There's only one. And it's the Detroit Lions clinching the NFC North for the first time in 30 years. Mark, are you even 30 years old? Do you are you even that old? Yeah, uh, I'm, there's I'm, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> is the Lions division streak older than you? Like, that's how long it's been since the Lions won the division. This is the best Lions team that I've seen. They had a little bit of a dip down a couple weeks ago, but went into Minnesota. Nick Mullins threw four interceptions. Like, that was a major, major win for the Lions and for the city of Detroit. And just, you know, you were talking about they have outside shot at the one seed. Well, the Cowboys keep losing. The Eagles drop one of these. It's not, a, it's not insane that the playoffs could go through Ford Field. They could get the one seed. It's still live for the Lions to get the one seed. But right now, sitting at the three seed. But, I mean, oh, and you know, also San Francisco would have to lose. But, uh, again, because they obviously just lost. But, regardless, 
Everybody feels good about the Lions right now. And it's the first time in my lifetime that everybody has felt good about the Lions this late in the year. So kudos to you, Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, the cast of Misfit Toys, Coach Biting Kneecaps, Goff, nobody wanted him, sent him off. They had to attach a pick to him to trade to Detroit. And uh, the last thing about the Lions, all of you freaking draft nerds, all of you EPA per play folk, Say, you can't draft a running back in the first round. You, you can't draft an inside linebacker. You can't draft a tight end so early. You can't draft a safety. Well, the reason why the Lions are in the playoffs is because all four of those rookies that they took in the first three rounds have been major, major contributors to a team that was not a playoff team last year, even though people they ended on a high note. They've all played major roles. Jameer Gibbs looked like Barry Sanders Jr. when he sent that cornerback to heaven on that juke. So, no, kudos to the Lions, kudos to what they're building there, and I hope that this does not end in a first-round playoff loss because this team deserves to win a game in the playoffs. Speaking of which, there's a really good chance we're going to get a Matthew Stafford return to Detroit wildcard weekend. If the playoffs ended today, that would be the matchup. I'm praying. I, I texted you about this. I'm praying we get that. I mean, the storylines are just magical <laughs> in that game. If If – if the Lions lose to Matthew Stafford and the Rams in the first round of the playoffs and Matthew Stafford comes back in to Ford Field and wins a playoff game, I, pr I look, the, the Rams need to get out of there as soon as possible. Like, like, like the college football police escort, do not shake hands, do not do it's gonna be a it is going to be a disastrous attitude in Detroit. Especially for a team, for a fan base that still has a lot of love for Matthew Stafford. He was the number one overall pick, and there was a lot of argument over, like, is Stafford the problem? Should you pay Stafford? Like, that was a major conversation when I was in Detroit. I was on the, the, the angle of you shouldn't pay him because you're too far away, right? You should try to move on and try to get some pieces back. And you know what? They eventually did move on. And some of the pieces that they got back in that lines and that Rams trade really helped catapult them to where they are now including the rookie draft picks and all the other stuff, but that would be disastrous. <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, for my bad vibes this week, I'm going to Denver. I'm going to the Mile High City. You know, this is a team that has had historical turnover luck the last month or so. I mean, if you look at their plus minus margins and turnovers, it's been very, very favorable for them. And it finally ran out. And, I, you know, that's one of those things that you can't just rely on. You know, it's not like Russell Wilson was just driving them down the field and they were looking really good offensively. They were having short fields consistently during that stretch. But they lost the turnover battle against the Patriots and they lost the game. What a shock. And now your playoff chances are slim to none. I think it's down to less than 10 percent now. Like 2 percent now. Yeah, it's, it's really, really low. And, you know, you had a lot of good mojo coming into this Last stretch of games, you got oh, we got the Patriots at home on Christmas Eve night. Oh, we're gonna win that game, and we're right in the thick of things for potentially even the AFC West. You still think you had a chance, but the Chiefs keep losing. The AFC West isn't over with yet. Forget the wild card, but now since you lost that game, you're pretty much cooked now, and you're still stuck with the question hand to the offseason. What are you gonna do with Russell Wilson? I mean, you can't really get out of that contract. You're kind of stuck there, and we and Sean Payton a couple weeks ago yelling at him in Detroit. I was just that was just last week. That yeah, was just that was saying, right like, before this. You yeah, know, the, so like you yeah. you were thinking hand to this game. You know, we're back at home playing the Patriots. They don't even want to win, right? The Patriots are trying to tank. They're not trying to win games, and then you lose that game at home. That's a heartbreaking game for the Broncos and their fans heading into the offseason now because they're they're done. When I penciled the Broncos into the playoffs, I assumed that they would win this game and sweep the Chargers. I still think they sweep the Chargers, but uh, yeah, this this loss pretty much eliminates it. And just a side note, how did the Patriots have the worst kicker in the NFL and just don't do anything about it? <laughs> he's he's he, he's one of the, he's the worst kicker in the league by percentage, and and they're just like, all right, cool, we're gonna trot him out, fourth round rookie, like. Most of it, like, you could find a kicker anywhere. But then he made the 56-yarder for the win. 
this league makes no sense. But and then Eddie's notes on the rundown, he makes a great point. What would this team record be if they bench Mac Jones earlier? What are they now? They're four and eleven, so that's fifteen games. Uh, I'll think probably I like think they probably would have won maybe two or th- maybe three like or seven, four more seven games. and eight. Yeah, but right, right in the you know, right in the mix of yeah, wild card. You're right there live, and you think about like think about how good that defense is. It's you really know, cool. it's really good. My bad good. vibes. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna ask you, where's your bad vibes this week? In a win. I'm going to Buffalo, dude. This team is skating by. This team is on, like, they are skating by. I mean, Kadarius Tony doesn't line up off sides. That's a loss. They barely beat Easton Stick and the Chargers. And a big part of it is because my man Shakir got ruled down. If they had scored that touchdown, I think Buffalo would have lost. You know, yeah. if, if they had got that was up, actually a had, blessing. That was a blessing for them. He didn't score. <laughs> they had scored that touchdown. I think Buffalo would have lost because the way that the Chargers were moving the ball on this team, and it's just like, I they keep saying nobody wants to see the Bills. Nobody wants to see the Bills. It's like, well, I just watched Easton Stick and Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston walk down Buffalo back to back to back. Josh Allen turning the ball over. Yeah, I'm going there. And it's like a tie with them and the Eagles because they keep winning games, but it don't mm, it don't look good. I'll put it like this. The money line part round robin parlay that I did of all the underdogs on Christmas Day really, really should have hit. The Giants should have won that game. They switched to Tyrod earlier in the game. They win that game. Darren Waller gets up and and gives the ball to the ref and runs hurry up like supposedly they win that game. And you know the other thing? If – uh. They don't miss two blatantly egregious pass interference calls. One on the pass before Waller caught the ball. That was disgusting pass interference. And then on the last one, the last play of the game, they treated it like it was a Hail Mary. He was at the 30-yard line. (laughs) And if you watch the replay, you can see, um, I want to say it was Ringo, literally pushed down a Patriots receiver. It should have been an untimed down on the one-yard line due to pass interference, and then take my chances with Saquon punching it in. But alas, they didn't, and I got to come to work today because I'm not that rich. <laughs> well, I got to give it to you, though. Your theory rung true again about double-digit favors. The Chiefs lost. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go ahead and steal the ugly vibes right now because you all, this Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I feel like we're going to go long on that one. So let me get mine first. I'm going to be a little different. The Jacksonville Jaguars need to be discussed as well. And I knew knew you were probably going to go with the Chiefs. I want to be a little different, but they deserve this category as well. And, you know, I've been on them also. Four straight losses. I'm fed up. I'm so fed up. And I told you last week, I don't see this team losing four in a row. I just don't. (laughs) I said it before last week. I don't see them losing three in a row. And they just keep losing. But the AFC South doesn't want to win the division. The Texans lost. The Colts lost. The Titans are in the race. But they lost too. The Jags are still in first place and control their own destiny. And guess what? They played the Panthers this week. So they'll probably win that game. But regardless, it, I mean, after the game, Trevor Lawrence said, I'm going to give you the quote. It's an interesting quote. He said, it just looks like we don't even practice. We look lost. No sense of urgency. The list goes on and on. I feel like we've had some good weeks of preparation, and I feel like we're prepared going into games, and then something happens on game day the last month where it just all falls apart. This is our season. We've worked hard to be in this position, and we're close to pissing it away, so we got to figure it out. That's Trevor Lawrence. What are your thoughts? You can go ahead and add Doug Peterson in there. Like, I know guys aren't trying to turn the ball over, but sure enough, it happens. Eddie, plug your ears. But uh, some of Trevor Jones, uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence's fumble. Trevor Jones or Daniel Jones-esque, right? <laughs> Trevor Daniel Jones. Jones-esque. Like, I mean, <laughs> Daniel Jones pre-day ball. I'm looking at some of these fumbles, and it's like, dude, maybe you clear concussion protocol too soon. Does your head still hurt? Like, are you having trouble focusing on what's going on? Because you need to hold the ball. 
Like, it's inexplicable how poorly he has played. I understand that he hurt his ankle. I understand that he got the concussion. I understand he hurt his shoulder in this game. But since he has walked into the league, he has consistently missed guys high. He has consistently done that. And even even on, like, that touchdown to Ridley, Ridley's ribs still hurt because he threw that ball almost to the first row. He went up and got it and took a shot. When if if you put that on him, he just catches it, goes down, touchdown, and and go Jacksonville, go. But no, no, no. He consistently, and I'm oh, Christian Kirk is hurt, and they're missing linemen and all of that. But it, you could pinpoint it to right there. The number one overall pick is not playing like a top quarterback in this league. He's just not. And I was thinking, of, I did this on the radio show on Saturdays, Fox Sports Radio. When was that? Uh, 8 to 11 Eastern. Is he the best quarterback in Florida? Or I'm sorry, the third best quarterback in Florida? <laughs> this is nasty. Is, is he the third best quarterback in Florida? Um, right it's a strong argument right now. I mean, if you're talking about play this year, then yeah. But I would still take Trevor Lawrence over Baker. I think Tua is a better argument. That, but I'll still take him over Baker Mayfield overall. But based on just strictly this season, yeah, he is the third best quarterback in Florida. 100%. All right, you ready? You ready to do this? Yeah, let's get into it, man. Because I went back and listened to the last five minutes or so of our pod when I put that theory out there. You know, you see three double-digit favorites on the board. One of them is losing outright, if not two. All three of them almost lost, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. It was like, which one do you think it would be? And I agreed with you. Uh, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, obviously, I picked the Chargers, you know, saying to cover. But... The way in which the Chiefs have been losing games, and I've said it. I said the Raiders scored 63 points last week. They're not going to score over 21. They didn't. They didn't. They scored 20 and didn't do a lick of anything on offense until the last, from the first quarter to the last drive. That was it. It was all Kansas City's offense that could not get it together. It was, and then to see, like, I'm starting to get annoyed with Patrick Mahomes and all this crybaby stuff versus the refs. Now it's like he's yelling at everybody, and flatly, he needs to play better. Like, I understand that the receivers are this, the receivers are that, Travis Kelsey is this, but he needs to play better. Jack Jones read that thing like a nursery book when he picked sixth, right? And really, I'm disappointed in, in Chiefs fans here because – to look up at the stadium on Christmas Day, a game that was sold out, to see how many red seats there were, to hear that a Chiefs fan got into an altercation with Eddie Spaghetti on the New York trains, just from all into the sea on the timeline, just to just, just Chiefs fans just throwing in a towel on the season at 10 and 5. 9 and 6, 9 and 6. 9 and 6. I'm disappointed. I'm very, very disappointed in all of you. And this is why I said you're spoiled. You're spoiled because you don't know what it's like to go through the tough times. Your tough times are just, you know, what you think the Giants would take nine and six right now? Of course they would. You think the Jets would take nine and six right now? Of course they would. Hell, I'd take it as a fan of the New Orleans Saints. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> but here's the thing. Do the Jets, do the Giants, do they have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback? It's the, that's the difference. It's the standard. We shouldn't be nine and six when when you have Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. That's the whole point. The, it's, a, it's a different standard there. And it's not even the fact they're losing games. It's the way they're losing. And you you see it. Like this offense looks like, like a, a Chicago Bears offense when Matt Nagy was there. And that should not be the case. That should not be the case when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback and Travis Kelsey is still the best tight end in the league, even though he didn't look the exact same like he has. If you look at his numbers, he's still... Time, um, one second, time out. What? I'm very, very sick of people saying that because he is dating Taylor Swift, this is like he is now distracted. No, no, no. He's old. <laughs> That's what he, he's old and he's hurt. He's yeah, yeah. part of the year hurt. 
I think it's more and about the injuries. Yeah. But it's just it it takes longer to recover the older you well, get. Yeah, true. You yeah. know, he's old. He got hurt to start the year. He has not been healthy all year. Simply because he is dating someone that you know, I'm done with it. I'm sick of hearing that. This guy yeah. had a reality TV show trying to catching Kelsey, trying to find somebody to date him. It was all over television. You know what he was doing then? All pro. All right. So just just I get that it's fun to bag on the whole because you know who his girlfriend is, but I got news for you. Everybody on the team is dating somebody. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead with your uh, your posting wardrobe. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I mean, it, and the blame doesn't go in one place. It, it, everybody takes a, a piece in this pie. The offensive line, in particular, the, the tackles, they were getting whooped all game long. The offensive play calling didn't do him any favors. Still playing this drop back passing game like we're the old Chiefs. How about some more heavier personnel and actually protecting those tackles? What about some 12 and 13? I mean, you got you got Blake Bell, Noah Gray, you're tight end two and three with Kelsey. You can do some heavier packages like that. It, establishing the run game. Maybe do a little play action under center. Um, you know, oh, well, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know if you know, but you're asking Andy Reid to do this type of stuff. That like somebody I, I, like I Martin mean, Weiss has been calling for this for a while now. You, I know, and I, and I was just about to say, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to you right now because this is probably making you giddy over there hearing about these uh, heavier packages and stuff like uh, like that. But right? no, Martin, when <laughs> they throw the ball on wide receiver screens, it's just like a running play. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I, I think all of that is why, it, and yeah, Mahomes deserves blame as well, but I think all of that is a trickle effect into why he's looking the way he's he's looking because he doesn't have any trust in the timing of the receivers being in the right places at the right time. He's not trusting what he's seeing out there. And then when the offensive line and you're playing this drop back passing game, you know, when he they're getting after him early and often, then later in the game, when he does have a clean pocket, he still gets frantic because he's not trusting the pocket is going to hold up, even if it did hold up in that particular play because of what's been going on prior to that. So it's a combination of all of those things. Um, and a lot of Chiefs fans were saying, because the main two culprits on offense have been Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore. And they didn't play this game. So, like, oh, everything's fixed now. The two guys that we've been blaming all year are not there. Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore. Well... They they both weren't there, and it actually looked worse than it has all year. So, I mean, I'm not throwing in the towel, though, because at the end of the day, I still think they're going to win the division and host the playoff game in Kansas City, then probably have to go on the road after that if you do get past wildcard weekend. And, I mean, like I've still been saying, now I think the Ravens have made a clear statement. They're clearly the top dogs now. But outside of them, I'm, I still don't go into a game thinking – the Chiefs have no shot. Even with the Ravens, I think your defense can still hold you in games. Not like the Chiefs are getting blown out. We're not seeing these Eagles-type games when they played a couple of top teams that got their doors blown off, right? So I, I do think if you're in every game, you still obviously have a chance. And you're just hoping that guys can actually catch the ball, guys can actually, you know, not get penalties in the wrong times, which we've been seeing all type all year. And if as long as you got 15, I know it's like a cliche, cliche thing to say. I, I just can't throw on the towel. I, I just can't get there, especially when you have this good of a defense. Now, if the defense wasn't this good, well, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. So I wouldn't even talk about that because this would not be a playoff team if this wasn't the top five, top 10-ish defense. I just want to know who is Patrick Mahomes going to yell at on the sideline next? You had the refs after the Tony thing. He had to be separated from the officials. And then I said, at the moment, I was like, if he had done this much more, I'd be taking him to task. This is the first time we've seen this out of Mahomes. Well, he's done it consecutive weeks now. It's been like three weeks in a row that he's just been calling everybody on the sideline, everything but a child to God. This week, it was the offensive line. I just wonder who's going to be next. Is it going to be Andy Reid next? Matt Nagy next? Like, who's going to be next? I mean, to be fair, though, he's never had to, to do this before because everything has been great. <laughs> the offense has never looked like this since he's been a quarterback. Man. Tough times in Arrowhead. And uh, apparently the Chiefs fans are not sticking through the tough times. as you One Arrowhead up. drive. So you looked up at the two-minute warning. There was nobody there. It was a one-possession game. Like, wow. 
Wow. Fair weathered, to say the least. Don't do that. Don't do that. Arrowhead's been known as the loudest stadium way before all of this. Don't do that. Well, it sure wasn't loud with two minutes left. Or, you know, the only thing that was loud was hearing people screech their tires on the way out to go get their uh, can- their Christmas dinner. Bro, before we move on, I, I don't want to ask you, because I want to hear from the outside. You know, I, I'm so inside of Chiefs Kingdom. Sometimes I don't go outside, and I want to hear another perspective. Where do you land on this team, big picture-wise, this come playoff time? Are you out? Do you think they still have a pathway to, to come out the AFC? Like, where do you where do you land? One and done. One and done. So you don't care who they play wildcard weekend? I mean, obviously, if like... Let's uh, say they play, as of right now, they'll play Buffalo. <laughs> I think I have to go with the Bills, dog. And that's saying a lot because you you don't seem to be that high on Buffalo either. I'm <laughs> not. They're look. They're because they're dancing through the raindrops, but at least they're not getting wet. They keep winning games. Like Kansas City is drowning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like that's, I you know it's it's a tough one to see. I I think Buffalo will probably go in there and beat them. Cleveland, you know, Cleveland. That yeah, Cleveland. I think I would pick Cleveland. I pick Cleveland for sure. But that offensive line. And the way that they can run the ball and the way that they can defend, I I have to go with Cleveland. I don't got much pushback. <laughs> I don't got so, much pushback. I would just like to welcome the rest of the national media to the conversation that you and I started a week and a half ago to two weeks ago about how Lamar Jackson was available as hell. And people <laughs> were just like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Now that he's the MVP favorite, everybody else is recycling that take. We were we weren't wrong, Mark. We were first. We weren't wrong. We were first. And just to hear to hear the way that people are talking about him now, and it's like the idea that you know, oh well, you know, if they gave him a fully guaranteed, Baltimore was going to match whatever they were going to match. Well, then make them match. Make, make them match. match. <laughs> so what? <laughs> make them match. Oh, well, you have to give up two first-round picks. The Panthers gave up two first-round picks for Bryce Young. You know, it's like Deshaun yeah. Watson got a fully guaranteed contract. Guess what? Lamar Jackson's head and shoulders better than both of them. Yeah. And I said this last week, and I, I feel even more confident about saying this now. If a Lamar Jackson was on the Atlanta Falcons, that would be the second-best team in the NFC. I, oh, think only, I think only the Niners would be better than them. I don't, think that's, mean, I don't think that's crazy uh, to say. You mean uh, the current MVP favorite, Lamar Jackson? I think absolutely. Like, just look yeah. at the, the Falcons have better weapons than the, than the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> they just do. And a better run game. Could you imagine that read option run game with oh all those God. running backs? Stop it. Oh, my Stop gosh. it. Stop it. And the idea that he wasn't available is ridiculous. People are talking about, oh, well, they were just going to match. You could have offered it to him the day of the NFL draft because he still wasn't signed yet. You could have signed all the people you wanted to sign. But no, Saints is, oh, you know what we got? Derek Carr. <laughs> you know, Desmond Ritter, Bahama Bowl MVP. So you can't I, miss on that guy. So I got to ask you, sticking on this, staying on this game, I got to ask you. Are you one of the ones that's celebrating today that your beautiful sport of the National Football League is saved because Brock Purdy will not win MVP now? Look, man. <laughs> I didn't know when it was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen. But this was inevitable. It was. Like, people... And then even the, the, the in the broadcast, right... Like Joe and Troy are having, they're, first of all, they're having a ton of fun over there at ESPN calling games. They're way more fun than they were at Fox. You can see that they're having way more fun than they did at Fox. But he made the point. Brock Purdy is 9.9 yards per attempt on passes behind the line of scrimmage. What does that mean? Let's just think about it, guys. Take a second. It means that... <laughs> He's getting the ball out to dynamic playmakers in space. He's just doing his job. But the idea, you know what it really was for me? It was when Brock Purdy came out, came out of the game, and then Sam Darnold marches right down for a touchdown and had, yeah. I mean, and is zipping the ball in the spots that Brock Purdy wasn't all line. I was like, th- that was really the one for me. Like, I felt bad for him after a while. 
even though I did kind of want him to get five interceptions so, we, so I could come in here and call him Brock Peterman. <laughs> but, but like, some of those throws, like that throw to Kyle Hamilton, that interception that Kyle Hamilton had, the, uh, not Kyle, was that Kyle Hamilton who had the one in the end zone? The one that was, it was, he was trying to throw the dig to IU. I want to say yeah, it was I, Kyle I don't Hamilton, know about, the safety that broke was. down on it. But I mean, if it was on time, he was open. If it was yeah. on time, he was open, which is like, Bleh. it's like if like if the Cardinals had just guarded Christian McCaffrey on that touchdown where he fell down and got up and was able to score yeah. still. Like he's and but you know, really, it was just vindication for me when Sam Darnold came in, marched down the field, threw a laser to Ronnie Bell. And then obviously he ended up throwing an interception too. So that's probably why he's not in there because he's gonna make mistakes. But it just was it was vindication. That's all it was. I felt bad for the kid after a while because there's no there was no chance they were coming back in that game. This offensively, they did not have it. But I'm glad to see that we can finally stop with this madness of Brock Purdy being the, the most valuable player in the National Football League. And people talking about it like it's some type of insult that he's not. And Sam Darnold actually threw the ball to Brandon Ayuk down the field. Like as soon as he came in the game, Ayuk got involved instantly. <laughs> and I don't think that's um, a coincidence. So no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Ravens defense they put up a they put up a game. I was not expecting to see them uh, throw you know pick them off four times, but one of the more impressive plays. Of the season, Kyle Hamilton getting chop blocked by a 300-pound lineman. Literally, I thought he had a concussion on the play because he just kind of laid there and his head was kind of in a funny position. Gets up, wanders into an interception. That was pretty dope. Before we move on, we got to touch on this Dallas and Miami game. Um, I picked the Cowboys to win this game. I believe you did as well. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. Just real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. For the Run the Rock agenda that I I possess if the Cowboys still had Zeke on the team they win that freaking game they win that game with Ezekiel Elliott yeah I mean and then we can go back to that first quarter that that drive where they fumbled at the one yard line handed off to the fullback I believe in that situation and him and Dak had a mishandled the situation handled the ball there um I mean Dak put it right in his stomach my man just forgot yeah. he was just like you know oh you want me to grab that ball oh okay right. oh, I guess my, to your I got point, you next though, time bro guess to your point though Zeke would have punched that in in that situation <laughs> you know Tony Pollard has 11 carries inside the five yard line guess how many touchdowns he scored on those 11 carries what maybe two or three two <laughs> two and speaking of which, I know this wasn't this wasn't a, this wasn't a carry. I think it was a, a, a pass. But the play before that, how did he not get in the end zone there? Remember that play before the fumble? Oh, you mean literally when his entire when every every part of his body except the, the arm bo- with the, the ball. End zone. <laughs> Watching it live, I was like, "That's not a touchdown." He's up there doing a the touchdown thing. I'm like, "It's not a touchdown. That's not a touchdown at all." You got to cross the plane, bro. You got to cross the plane. Get in there. <laughs> Oh yeah, but I mean, my biggest takeaway from this game, I feel like I didn't really learn much. I know it's not like a great answer for the podcast, but I, I didn't learn much in this game. I didn't really feel I got new information. Like I don't, I don't come away from this game thinking Miami is this legit Super Bowl contender or anything. I just feel like they had enough time on the clock. The Cowboys scored too quick, and they just needed a field goal. I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I don't. I didn't learn much. I mean, maybe you did. Maybe you could educate me. I didn't learn much from this game. I don't really have. Well, much. I think we're noticing a trend, and like, like the the the, the, the blah, 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 excuse me, we're noticing a trend. It's the details with Dallas. The details, like it's Luke Schoonmaker executing the rub in Philly appropriately, so he's not down at the one. It's Tony Pollard taking that ball to the pylon instead of trying to break a tackle to score a touch. Both of those plays cost them games. It's fumbling on the one-yard line when you're handling to your fullback. It's the details with Dallas. Like, if they can get out to a lead early and cancel Christmas, they'll pile on, get a chance for those pass rushers to, to put their heads down and really get after it. 
you know, to Demarcus Lawrence and Michael. That's what they're built for, right? They're not built to stop the run in that way. That's the, there's a reason why they had Shaq Leonard in house and didn't end up signing him. But I mean, and you could see how why they didn't, but because he is <laughs> stuck in mud. But there's a reason why they had they were looking for linebacker help, basically from the free agent pool because they need help stopping the run. The best way to do that force teams to throw. I think just Ty and Tyreek is just. He's just different, man. He's just different. He's so different. He's such a di- – like, he's the engine that runs the offense. Like, he's the guy that you've got to – like, they're – he's the nuclear weapon that allows everything else to uh, to move in Miami. Can we get him back in Kansas City, please? I thought the, I thought the Chiefs were good without Tyreek. I mean, we did win a Super Bowl last year without him, but – I'm just saying, I, I I had heard that the Chiefs were just fine without Tyreek Hill. So, are you sure? Well, not right now. <laughs> you want to get into Week 17, man? Let's see. What else is on this list here? Uh, I don't understand why the Browns started Case – I mean, the, the Texans have started Case Keenum for two games. I don't get that one bit. I think they might be 2-0 and if they started Davis Mills. I really think that. They would have won last week outright if they started Davis Mills. I don't think they win that Brown. I don't think they beat Cleveland though with with Davis Mills. I think they were losing that game regardless. They might have. I, it's hard to tell. I just can't get. I feel over bad for them though, them. man. Like, because now they probably won't make the playoffs. Now CJ's going to come back this week, but I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. Right now, I mean, they're eight right now, so I mean, they still have a chance. They do play the Colts. Week 18, I believe. So it could come down to that because that's, that's the team ahead of them right now. They're both 8-7. and seven. So it may come down to that Week 18 game in Indianapolis. Yo, the way the Jaguars are playing, that game might come down to – that might be the division. Well, the Jags play the Panthers this week, though. Panthers just scored 30. Yeah. You, you got the, – if the, the Jags lose to the Panthers, oh, my God. I'm I saying think the last it, the last few weeks the last no, you're few right. weeks. You're, I mean, you're right. You're right. Oh, I mean, man. look, look, look. Just in just in December, right? They 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 beat the Falcons <laughs> nine to seven. <laughs> That's disgusting. They don't the Buccaneers. Everybody's flying high about the team that just thudded the Jaguars. Yeah, Panthers twenty one to eighteen. Yeah, they lost, but I mean, twenty-one to eighteen, they acquitted themselves pretty nicely. There scored thirty-three against the Packers. I mean, scored thirty rather against the Packers. Gave up thirty-three. That's the problem. But uh, listen, you ain't. If Jacksonville scores thirty-three points, I'll tip my cap because I don't see it happening. Well, this ain't one game we're going to talk about. But since we can do it right now, I do like the Panthers to cover that spread. Though the Jags are seven-point favorites. Madness. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't that's illogical that doesn't make any sense like some of these some of these lines just jump off the board initially like that's definitely one of them like, yeah. have you guys have you guys watched jacksonville the last few weeks yeah. i'm actually going to put should, that in like right now <laughs> they shouldn't be seven point favorites against anyone in the nfl no 100 100 percent Let's go ahead and uh, we'll get into week 17. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get to stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and the first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after the qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call one 800 
3275050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit 1 800 Gambler.net. New York, call 8778 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467369. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Martin. Normally week 17 is the last week of the season, but... You know, now there's extra games. So it's the second of last week of the season. We're going to start off. We got a game on Saturday again. The Detroit Lions, the NFC North champions, are traveling to Dallas, take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are six point favorites. They are really good at home, though. And the over under is 53 and a half. Where, where are you leaning on this one? Uh, I'm taking the Lions here. I know the Cowboys are really good at home, but, uh, and the Lions have this narrative of not being good on the road. But when you go under the hood for real, for real, you'll realize the Lions aren't good outside. That's where it's that's where it all falls apart. The Lions aren't good outside. Jared Goff is not good outside. Last time I checked, AT&T Stadium, a.k.a. Jerry World, has a dome on top of that thing. I think the Lions will play well here, uh, definitely well enough to cover their six. I think this is a field goal game either way. I got the Cowboys, actually, man. I think this is your classic rat line that you like to say. You know, it jumps out like, oh, the Lions are easily covering that spread. They can probably win this game. But I think this is a typical game where the Cowboys got to an early lead, like you mentioned earlier, got to an early lead, and those pass rushers can pin their ears back. And I think they get out, and uh, I'm not going to say it's just a complete shattering, but I think they at least went by a touchdown in this one. But it should be fun. I'm glad we got some Saturday football again in the NFL. Let's move on to another NFC matchup. Your New Orleans Saints are traveling yeah. to Tampa. This, this game is probably for the division, probably all for all intents and purposes. Right now, the Bucks are three-point favorites at home. The over-unders at 42 even. I'll start on this one. This is a weird one. You, you know, you may think, oh, take the Bucks for sure. I have a weird feeling the Saints are going to cover this three and may actually win this game. I don't know why. Don't give me the numbers or anything. I, this is one of those just true gut-filling things. I think the Bucs have been riding way too high lately. I think this is a classic uh, bring-it-back-down-the-earth game. And the Saints had extra time to prepare because they played on Thursday, and they got embarrassed. So I do think they show some pride in this one and cover the three and maybe win the game. Well, you said don't tell you numbers. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> We're going to do it anyway. But what they lost on Sunday, the Saints will go under the preseason win total of nine and a half. Dennis Allen coach teams are 0-4 <laughs> over on the over of the preseason win total. All right. The Saints two and five at home against the spread. I mean, oh, this is actually from yesterday. But I'm from last week, rather, I should say, from before the uh before the Rams game. But this one does line up in your favor. Okay. A number that does go in your favor, though, Dennis Allen on extended rest is nine and seven and two against the spread. Okay. But I just can't feel good about taking New Orleans in any capacity. The only thing that makes me feel good about taking New Orleans here is they have played really, really well against Tampa since Dennis Allen has gotten there. Remember, they had Brady's number. So. I'm going to go ahead and look as Carr as a small underdog 
He's 34 and 31 against the spread. So, oh my God, am I really about to do this? Saints cover and they lose. Yeah, there you go. I'm sick. You talked yourself into being on my side. I love it. I love it. I'm sick. I'm <laughs> sick about it. They're going to, yeah, but they, I, I don't, and you know what? Tampa's on a foot of five game win streak now, four game win streak. Yeah, yeah, they're hot. They're due. They're yeah. due. Yeah. They're due. Golly. And the NFC South, it just, there's no way it can be like pretty much over before the last week of the season. Like it has to come out to week 18, I feel like. It just has to. <laughs> So there you They're go. They're still going to lose. They're going to lose. Tampa's <laughs> a better team. We'll but, see. Uh, we'll see. Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and take the plus three to cover. And I, and I know come Monday when Eddie sends out how we did that week, I'm uh, going to look at it the same way I looked at the Jets, not covering three with a 30-point lead in the third quarter. That's ridiculous. And I was the only one on the Jets. of Everybody who works at extra points, I'm the only one that got that loss. Ridiculous. Anyway, All right, let's move Saints on cover to the, and lose. Let's move on to the AFC and talking about another uh, home team that's favored by three. The Indianapolis Colts, a three-point favorites against the red-hot Las Vegas Raiders. The over-unders at 44 even right now. Both teams fighting for the playoffs. The Colts right now will be the seventh seed. The Raiders have an outside chance. They're eleven seed, but they're seven and eight. So they have to win out. Where do you lean on this one? Big game. I had to lean to the Raven, a uh, Raiders, Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. Uh, they've impressed me under Antonio Pierce, especially defensively. And I do not trust the Colts defense. I think they run a pretty vanilla defense right now. Offensively, they got a lot of stuff going on, but defensively, I'm concerned about their ability to make things happen. Uh, if you had asked me like maybe two weeks ago, I would have said the Colts, but after just you got to watch what's on the, the results happened, right? You know, and I'm watching the Raiders hold teams down offensively in a way that they haven't in the past. I don't think we'll ever see the 63-point outcome like we did uh, against the Chargers, but still, against the Chargers, defensively, they were dominating them. They dominated the Chiefs defensively. I mean, they won a game in which Aiden O'Connell did not complete a pass after the first quarter, I think. If yeah. it was, it was only one in the three no, quarters he, of football. He went, he went three quarters without completing a pass. That is correct. <laughs> I'm actually on the Colts here, man. I, I think it is. I'm on the Colts here. I think you look at the past two teams the Raiders have played offensively. The Chargers obviously had Brandon Staley still, and just that whole vibe of the Chargers was off on that game. They had a lot of turnovers, and it just got ugly, right? Things unraveled. And then you play a Chiefs offense that looks to be broken, right? Uh, not a lot of creativity. And I think with Sean Steichen there, and with Indianapolis, I think that's a different challenge. I think he's a brilliant offensive mind. I, I do think they can scheme up some stuff to get their offense going in this matchup, despite how the Raiders have looked defensively and they're at home. I, I, I think the Raiders, they've been riding high. They've been smoking cigars in the locker room. And I, I love it. Actually, I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I do like Antonio Pierce. It's hard not to like him. And it's hard not to like Max Crosby. Those seem to be pretty cool guys. So, uh, but I just like the Colts here. I do, man. I think they, they got embarrassed last week. So I think they bounced back back at home. I think we might be seeing the Colts come down to earth a little bit. They've withstood just about as many injuries as Cleveland has. That's true. That is true. I mean, they, this is a big game. This is a big game. If they lose this game, then yeah, then I'll, I'll be there with you fully. All right. Next game here. Oh, I'm, I'm tripping. They lost two. They lost three in a row because lost to the Falcons this past week. That's what it was. So it was the yep. Falcons, Steelers. No, they beat the Steelers and they lost to the Bengals. They lost two of the last three. Sorry about that. All right, next game. So we have, speaking of Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are traveling to Seattle, the 12th man, take on the Seahawks. Right now, Seattle is three and a half point favorites. The over-under is at 41 and a half. This game's interesting. I'll start on this one. This is a hard one for me. That that half is tricky. That half is real tricky. That's why I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. I think Seattle wins the game. But I think this is a classic three-point, end-of-the-game, field goal to win type of matchup. And, you know, Mike Thomas fighting for his 500 or better life right now. But I do think this will be the year that he finally finishes below 500. I have Pittsburgh losing out, Martin. Well, 
Maybe not, because I forgot the Ravens could actually clinch the one seed this week against Miami. So if they do, they may rest week 18 against Pittsburgh. But are they going to be petty because it's Pittsburgh to kick them out the playoffs, potentially? So I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out with that. So they may not. It depends on what that's looking like. But I do have Seattle win this game. But I do like Pittsburgh with the three and a half. I'm going to take the three and a half as well. Uh, but I, my, it's more of a fade of the Seahawks. I think these are pretty two even teams. <laughs> like, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, and Seahawks coming off of that improbable, I'll say, win on Thursday night last week with uh, with Drew Locke marching down the field, 92 yards, and what is the, mo- the defining moment of his career thus far. Uh, DK Metcalf catching the ball off his hip. I mean, dropped interceptions left and right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers here who are starting Mason Rudolph again more than likely. Now, again, this is Tuesday, the day after Christmas. Tomlin said that they're in the same setup as last week. Um, I don't know what that means long term for the future of Kenny Pickett, but for Sunday, if Mason Rudolph is under center, what we saw his ability to do was get the ball to the Steelers' playmakers. Steelers have some pretty decent playmakers, especially on the outside with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. They can get on the ball in space. Like you saw, George Pickens just ran a 70-yard dash to the end zone twice last week. Maybe he's got a point. I'm not out here to block. Throw me the ball. Let's see what I can do with it. Uh, Although he probably should just block as well. But, yeah, I'm taking the Steelers too. (laughs) All right, and last but not least, Baltimore and another quote-unquote game of the week right here. They're playing the Miami Dolphins. They're going back to the bank in Baltimore. Right now, the Ravens are four-point favorites. The over-under is at 47 even. Where are you going on this one? Taking the Ravens. Taking the Ravens in the four. As I don't think... I mean, what we saw Monday was special. And I think it's repeatable, especially if Kyle Hamilton is able to play and play at a high level. Because he's like one of the difference makers on that defense. But, like, if you notice, like, the Shanahan tree of coaches, their Cole's kind of strategy is to get the second-level defenders in conflict. Well, the second-level defenders for the Ravens are Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. (laughs) 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 They're two of the best linebackers in the game, and I think that really plays a big-time role. Now, obviously, Miami is more vertical than San Francisco, but part of it, a lot of it is a lot of dressing, a lot of eye candy to confuse linebackers into different positions and in different spots. And I also think that the the, four, the Ravens' front four will be able to maneuver well against Miami's offensive line. So that's where I'm at with it. And defensively, there's no answer in the NFL for Lamar Jackson when he's playing at his best. Yeah, and... You made a good point. I didn't think about that. Back-to-back weeks going against similar offensive schemes between Kyle Shanahan and then obviously in Miami with Mike McDaniel. So that's a really good point. So the preparation shouldn't be... I mean, obviously, Tyreek Hill is a different animal. We know that. But There's this, no way to prepare for Tyreek Hill. But all in all, the preparation isn't much different if you're in that locker room this week in Baltimore schematically. But like I said, obviously, Tyreek's a different beast. And... You said it a couple weeks ago, Martin, and I thought it was just silly. I thought it was just it's just a chance and fluke. But maybe this NFC record thing with Lamar really does matter. <laughs> maybe I just can't keep ignoring it. <laughs> what is it? 20, I mean, 21 and one now or something crazy? 20, like and, 20 and one. And yeah. the one was to Daniel Jones and the Giants. How about that? <laughs> but 20 and one against the NFC. And I think it has something to do with like you don't see these teams. You don't see, you only see them every so often, and when you see a guy like Lamar, he's uniquely suited. He's one of he's the most unique player in the league right now, especially at quarterback. In my opinion, I know we had a, a moment where is Justin Fields actually a better running quarterback than Lamar Jackson? The answer was always no. It was always no. Yeah, I'm with you on the Ravens here. I'm done trying to fade the Ravens, especially at home against a really good team. <laughs> I'm just done. I'm just done doing it. It's just, it just, it is, it's not smart at this point. It's just not a smart bet. <laughs> and Molly pause is maybe it could this be a letdown spot, short week? But I don't think so. I don't think this team is built like that. 
And I, I think they want to clinch the one seed in the AFC. And then they have the decision. Do they rest week 18? Because we've seen them do that before. And they came out rusty against the Titans. So maybe they don't rest week 18 this year. We'll see. But I do like the Ravens minus four this week. Well, I think what, what we'll see if they win this, they'll probably come out and play. Like a, a half. Or a half or, or something yeah. like that. And then you'll see some of the backup guys. See Tyler Huntley for the first time this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm with, I'm taking the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens here. I, I mean, unless Jason Sanders kicks five field goals, like that, I feel like that's lost in the wash of the Cowboys game. It's like they held them to five field goals. You should win that game. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. All right, Martin. If you guys don't know, my great co host, Martin Wise, is a Michigan alum, very proud. Wolverine here. Your guys are taking on Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide, man. Final four. You guys are a point and a half favorite right now. Over-unders at 45 even. What's your confidence level? I'll say this. If it was anybody but Nick Saban, I'd feel much more confident. It's just going against one of the godfathers of this. I mean, quite literally, the best college football coach of all time. Uh, that's concerning. You know, I would have much be I would much rather be playing Florida State right now as their <laughs> quarterback put it the window of the transfer portal. And I think everybody in Michigan would have rather that as well, especially when you consider that, you know, an undefeated power five conference champion didn't get into the playoff. You hate to see it. Uh, and of course, I hate to see it that much more because it impacts my life. But <laughs> I'll say if it wasn't Michigan, because, you know, the type of fan that I am. Like I, I am guarded, I'm guardedly optimistic, you know, but generally I operate best when I can sit there and pick apart everything that's wrong with my teams. That's kind of the way that I operate. And I see the future, like I not to say I see the future, like I can predict things that's going to happen, but I can see just down the line how things are going to go based off of what is happening with the salary cap, with the Saints, like the teams just being poorly mismanaged. The thing that concerns me about Alabama is the things that Alabama wants to do to win the game are also the thing that Michigan wants to do to win the game. They want to control the line of scrimmage. They want to win up front with four and play simple defenses in the back, cover two, cover one, and just kind of lock up that way. Like Saban said it after the Georgia game. Georgia came down and marched down uh, in the SEC championship, marched down the field, uh, and scored a touchdown on the first drive. And Saban went to his defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele, and said, yo, Quit sending blitzes. Rush four, play 40, which is cover two in the back end, and just handle them. Like, they can't beat us straight up. That's how Michigan beats teams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they, and then also, they want to run the ball. So if Michigan can win up front, I think that they should win this game. And if they can win, if they can rush with four, spy Milrow, and man up on receivers, I like their chances defensively. I'm going to take Michigan. And uh, I think they win, and I think they cover the one and a half. But I can't ignore the fact that it's Nick Saban on the other side of the sideline. Like, if they were playing Washington, I'd feel like, oh, yeah, it's a layup. Yeah. I, I Actually, I got Alabama here. I think they went straight up. It's mm-hmm. just something about that Nick Saban aura, man. With all that time to prepare, it's going to be a good that game. Bill Belichick aura has lost me a lot of money this year, so just go ahead. <laughs> well, he's not making the playoffs, I'll tell you that. Um, I know we don't have much time, but I like Washington plus four. I think Texas wins, though. I can see that. I'm a bigger – see, I like Washington here um, because I am concerned about uh, Steve Sarkeesian's ability to prepare, especially when you have this long of a time to prepare for one slash two opponents because you really should be locking in on winning the first game. <laughs> you know, I, I like I think Washington has a better coaching staff. Washington has a better quarterback. And when you have a month to prepare for that type of thing, I like that a little bit better. And I have not really been a believer in Texas all year. I know they beat Alabama, but even in that game, I was they Alabama to me had a, a great shot to win uh, towards the end of it. But I, but ended up Milro didn't play nearly as well as he has played in November and December. Is the entire Mark Gunnell's texting me, is he a SEC quarterback? I think so, pal. I think so. Let's get into our lemon pepper parlay. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Mark, for my lemon pepper parlay, I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. Taking the Panthers plus seven against this Jacksonville Jaguars team. The battle of two cats, battle of two number one overall picks uh, who have not been playing well. Either one of them, Bryce Young, though, with his best game as a pro last week and probably one of his better games as a pro the week, uh, two weeks prior, not the 9-7 game. We're talking about the 18-21 game that they played and lost. But he's been looking a little bit better. Jacksonville's defense was super opportunistic to start the year, forcing turnovers they haven't so much right now. I'll take the Panthers plus the seven. And uh, I'm going to take – as long as they're going to keep throwing out the Bills minus double digits, I'm going to go ahead and take the other side. I know it's New England. I know they won last week. But I just don't buy that this Bills team – I mean, Easton Stick scored 21 points on this defense. Right. Matt Bailey Zappi's better than Mac Jones at this point. Patriots have been looking pretty good. Zeke is running like his week three. So I'm gonna I'm taking the Patriots plus 12. Nice. I got to play on that game as well. I'm taking the under on the total points. Is that 41 right now? I think that's entirely too high. But this game has 20 to 17, 2013 written all over it. For me, even 23 to 17, that's still only 40 points. So I think 41 is just a little too high for my liking there. And I'm pairing that with the Colts minus three. As I mentioned earlier, I truly think this is a good bounce back spot for them back at home after getting embarrassed in Atlanta this past weekend. So got those two plays at plus 264. Mine will be plus 264 as well because they're oh, both nice. going to be minus 110. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So that's what it was last week. When I hit my NFC North parlay, Lions minus three, Chicago Bears minus four. But then, Oh, we got a little Yo. breaking news with Trevor Lawrence shoulder ailing. The Jags have signed quarterback Matt Barkley off the Giants practice squad. You got to be kidding me. Nope. It's just got, just popped up. So... <laughs> Eddie, I'm going to be tuned in to Waiver Wired this week so y'all can tell me what I can possibly do to try to win my fantasy football championship despite the fact that Trevor Lawrence is my quarterback. Well, I would just tell you to, uh, I mean, I'd have to see the quarterbacks available, but, I mean, you start up a great point. The entire offseason of fantasy football will be you draft a quarterback. You draft a quarterback early, like a, a Josh Allen or a Jalen Hurts. And if you draft a quarterback early, then you have to draft a second quarterback because we've seen almost what sixty different quarterbacks play this year. Something mm-hmm. insane like that. So um, fantasy is changing, but yeah, as for your championship, I mean, you just got to go with one of the uh, the current backups playing and just hope for the best. It's really a crapshoot. My thought was, my thought was, maybe Purdy doesn't go, and I could sign Sam Darnold. And get something, and get the same yards, and in the benefit of IU, McCaffrey, Kittle, and so on and so forth, uh, or Jacoby Brissett if Sam Howell gets benched midway through the week. But uh, somehow, some way, I'm in my fantasy football championship mark and get this. Oh wow! Get this. I left George Pickens on the bench. He scored 35 points. Wow. How about that? Somehow in the championship, 14 team league. Like it's, we've been, you want to talk about dancing to the raindrops. I'm like the Minnesota Vikings of last year. (laughs) Like, how are you eight and six? Like I'm so far behind in all the points. It's just been luck of the matchup so far and get this, the guy who I should, the number one team all year lost. They had a Purdy uh, McCaffrey stack, right? And the line they were playing both of them. Purdy gave out, I think, negative points last night, and he ended up losing. Oh ended up God. losing. They've been he's been winning every game by 160 to, to 100, right? Because it's just putting up crazy numbers. But uh, wish me luck, because it's like three thousand dollars on the line in that thing. And I would oh, that man. would that would be very nice. I want that for you so bad. I really do. <laughs> it would be so very nice. So 
I don't know. Hopefully, the end of the season, I can round in the form, make some good picks. Nine and five and one against the spread last week for your boy. You know, the gap is closing. You're only like ten games behind us in first place, which is it sounds like a lot, but it's still like two more weeks. So, hey, if if I have another week like this, y'all have another week like that, I'll be catapulting up the standings. Yeah. But who knows? I've also been good to throwing some five and nine stinkers. So, but I, who are the Bills to be laying double digit points? I'm sorry. What, what are we doing? Anyway, what are we? Good doing? luck, everybody. See Hope you, you make some week. money. See you next week.